0: Welcome to The Approach. This is one of our prayer habit episodes where we pause our normal rhythm and pray over the topic for the month. My name is Connor Owen, and I'm on staff at World Gospel Mission. Well, a couple weeks ago, we talked about what holiness could look like inside of the next generation. And I don't know about you, but this really excites me. Today, what I'm going to walk us through is geared at parents, that's for sure. But if you're not a parent, that is okay. Okay still apply this to the young person or that next generation person in your life. Maybe that's uh, nieces or nephews or grandkids, or maybe you want to share it with a friend of yours who is themselves a parent. So as we go through scripture, we see a difference in families from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there were these larger networks of extended families. So think aunts, uncles, grandparents who were together, who lived together, and worked together as these bigger and larger units. Think about just the first few books of the Bible and the emphasis that's placed on family lines and who belonged to who. Well, then in the New Testament, we see a shift. So urbanization happens, Roman towns become more popular, and what happened was extended families became more splintered and they began to break down. And as I read about this, it made me think about our North American culture and what that does to our immediate and extended families. In a recent article by David Brooks, he talked about the nuclear family, and he went over the way that our web of extended families, again, that's you know aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, how that has broken down. And he talks about how the fact that in the 1800s, 90% of families were doing business together in things like farming. And he's not talking about just mom, dad, and the kids. He's talking about extended families who were working toward a common mission. So grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all doing something together. And this is what author and pastor Jeff Bethke calls families who are on mission together. However, something changed. So when the Industrial Revolution came about, people began to choose financial freedoms that were offered from factories over deep family ties. Individual freedom began to trump commitment to family. In other words, culture impacted families. And in the mid-1900s, we began to see a shift away from extended families and a breaking of deep family ties. Sounds just a little bit, the same problem that we see in the New Testament, doesn't it? What type of language did Paul often use when writing his New Testament letters to the churches? He used a lot of family language, inviting people into God's family, a family that Jesus expanded through his work on the cross. And that's where we'll begin today. I'll read a passage over you as a way of reminding you of the family that you belong to, that your children belong to, a deep and rich and wide family in Christ. This is from Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Well, we know one thing, family ties were stronger in the 1800s than they are now, and they were stronger in the Old Testament than they were in the New Testament. So let's look at one individual who might've been doing this well and see what we can learn from him and that person is Moses. When Moses was nearing the end of his life, he gathered the people of Israel, and this, keep in mind, was a whole new generation who did not experience Egypt or the Exodus. And he tells this new generation about the failures of past generations, about God's faithfulness and provision, and he pleaded with them to love God with all their heart and all their soul and all their strength. And if they did this, Moses tells them, that they would find life. Well, much like Moses, we stand between God and a new generation who needs to be told about what God has done in the past and about the failures of our own and previous generations and then called to a life that walks faithfully and lovingly with God. And it is only by loving and obeying God that this new generation, just like us, will find the life they desire to live. And his parents really have a duty, just like Moses, to help them understand where they come from, who God is, what he has done, and the life he is offering them. I wonder if you could talk to God and ask him to remind you of a blessing that he's placed in your life. And maybe you could then share that with your Gen -er or your kids or your nieces or nephews as just a way to begin telling them about who God is and what he's done for you. Talk to God about that for a little bit. Well, I know the response from some of you might be, well, you don't know my family. And you're right, I don't. I do know that no family is perfect. More than that, I also know that we receive an image for what family should look like inside of our triune God. See, we worship a God who is three persons in one, and each person is another of the same kind. Those are Dennis Kinlaw's words. What he's trying to say here is that within God, there are three persons who are different yet the same. The same is true of your family, Yes, each member of your family is different. Each person is unique, yet each are the same. Each person is made in the image of God and capable of reflecting that in their day-to-day lives. So as you walk with your kids, walk with the next generation, use these words to remind them of who they are and whose they are. Remind them that they belong to a larger family, a family rooted, and united in Jesus and his love. This is from 1 John chapter 2, verse 24 through chapter 3, verse 1. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true, it is not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. See how very much our Father loves us For he calls us children, and that is what we are.